Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Morning. I need a jacket on. I've got a cold all of a sudden. Um, just need to do some push-ups. All right, everyone down. Give me ten. Um, me first. You want to see me do ten push-ups? No, you don't. Um, I would put you to shame. Um, you might like to open your Bibles. Uh, we're going to be playing mainly around in Daniel today. Uh, it's all, if you've got your Bible app, version Bible app, you can follow the event there. All the verses that I'll be using today are there. We put that there so that you can check what I'm saying is accurate. To give you another resource, because we all learn in different ways. People love reading it. People love hearing it. Uh, and, but it's also... the hopefully where you can go home, uh, I give you a meal, you get to go home and cut it up. Uh, that's the intent of it. We want to uh, encourage you to be in your word. So there's lots of different ways that you can be in your word. Um, there's a couple of different places I'm playing around in today um, and maybe a couple of other places that I will pick up, see what God says and does. Um, one of the... I, I, you, you would have noticed these little cards on your seats as you came in. Um, you might like to date that if you've got a pen or find a pen or share a pen. Date that because one of the things that i um, really mindful of, we hear a lot of things. We can go and get a lot of teaching. Um, and these, these aren't to put pressure on us. Uh, these are to invite us to respond in some way. Uh, what's one response that you might make out of things that you heard or so it doesn't even have to be out of what I say it might be something that God has revealed to you today through worship or through communion uh, or through any aspect of the service what's one thing that God's revealed to you today that you might like to follow up or step deeper into um, over this coming week Uh, yeah I'm not going to say any more about that right now so uh, how did you go last week? And this, I guess that's the thing. I, I don't want us just to write it on a card. I am asking with a genuine desire for response. Uh, how did you go with your one decision to express daring faith last week? What happened in your spirit? Uh, and I'm actually going to ask, if you've got a, like a 30-second snapshot story that you'd like to share, um, I've got a, a brief video I want to share you, show you, uh, but as I'm showing that video, well, if you're not too distracted by the video because it's highly entertaining, um, you might like to just come and stand up here and so I know, just this front row, so I know that you want to share a story. You've got about 90 seconds to decide. Uh, this is called the sky jump. It's 253 metres above the ground. This is something that I participate in. Actually, the worst part is watching other people jump off it. Once you're out on the ledge, that's the easy part. This is the hard part because I have to follow instructions. Some got it. How would you go? Is anyone feeling queasy? Some are. Yep. Strap on the front. Turn around. Both hands on the rail, Simon. Follow instructions. 
See, I had one hand on the rail. I got into trouble. I was feeling very safe. Harness on. I'm shaking. Would you, could you? Well, now you all owe me 20 push-ups. No one's got a story. Every daring act requires a daring decision before you make participate in that act. The actual hardest part of that jump was watching everybody else line up and get set for the jump. That's the hardest part. The easy part was jumping. Because you trust other people. Other people have um, got the resources and the skills to make sure that you're adequately set up um, and engaged uh, and ready. Petra, you've got a story. Come up here for me then. On this, on this, yeah, welcome Petra. It's not a great story. <laughs> it's a story. Um, I think I was just challenged to rethink the way I do things. So okay. a lot of the times when I'm stressed, which I have been a lot, like there's been a lot going on in my sure. life recently, I escape so I tune out I you know blast the music driving to things for work I you know go and read for hours like it's a, it's escape stuff it's turning my brain off right yeah and this week instead of doing that you mentioned something last week about how the bible was made to be listened to yeah. so whenever I went to, instead of like listening to something else I listened to the bible instead cool and it was just that slight little change that I found instead of coming out of it feeling kind of like you know, like I just kind of escaped from the world and came back to all the stress. I actually came back with a little bit of strength and a little bit of... Wow. So That's it was... That's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just... So when you're listening to music, it's obviously not healthy music or you're just cranking up the radio it, loud and you're, you're finding yourself more wound up when you did yeah, that? It's not, it's not always a bad thing. No, no, It's not sure. always a no, bad no, thing to have no, that no. escape stuff, no, no. but when that becomes my only coping strategy yeah so it's more that I was finding rather than dealing with any of the stuff that I needed to get done I was just constantly escaping from it and it was that whereas I found that if I you know if I went and listened to the bible or prayed then I could actually come back and do that stuff instead of coming back into it and feeling just as overwhelmed or just as sick like the escaping wasn't working yeah, for yeah. me no great um so it was just but then trying to do something different because I was so overwhelmed by it, was quite frightening, because mm. I know that the escaping works, so. <laughs> well, may the Holy Spirit continue to grant you rest and peace. May he grant you the strength, and may you know Jesus as your rest and your hope and your salvation in all that you do and all that you are. Would we bless Petra and say thank you. Well done, thank you. So there you are. if you have a story next week, be ready, because that wasn't too painful, was it, Petra? That was all right. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Again, every daring act requires a decision to move somewhere, to take a small step towards something, and decision about the kind of person that we want to be. And over this week, over these next few weeks, we're exploring daring ways to live and respond to God in faith, in prayer, in worship, in serving, in proclamation and invitation. And I want to invite us to be thinking about what God might be stirring within us to participate and what's he, what's he doing uh, in our character to stir us to be daring people. We want to encourage and cultivate a daring life that goes hand in hand with God's purposes. 
Uh, this series is designed to stir and provoke and challenge and awaken a relationship with God. And if you're new amongst us, you're not sure about this church thing, you're not sure about this Jesus thing, we'd encourage you to stay around for this series. Plug in for this series. Even And if you're regular and you're new and you've been around and maybe you feel like you've heard it before, I really want to encourage us to have our hearts open, our minds open to receive new things of the Spirit. And sometimes we get so uh, familiar with things, we shut ourselves off to what God wants to say in new ways. Or we have an image of what we think, how we think God should act. Really open ourselves up to the heart of the Father. When we think about prayer, uh, often prayer has this aura. And in some sense, it has this uh, mystery about it. It needs to have a mystery about it because after all, we are meeting with, speaking with, and waiting to hear from the creator of the universe. I mean, that's quite overwhelming when you consider it, isn't it? There's an element where that is overwhelming. And many people who I have talked to and encountered in small groups or in life groups or in other expressions feel this sense of discomfort, this lack of clarity, this uncertainty when we think about prayer, even this sense of dissatisfaction when we think about prayer. And often it's around how we see other people doing it because we sit in groups and we listen to other people and we think, oh man, they pray so beautifully, I can never pray like that. Interestingly, God never asks us to do that. Or maybe we've sat in prayer meetings and we've heard people give God all the details and we've fallen asleep, so we kind of lost inspiration in prayer. I'm not saying anyone here would do that or participated in that, just saying it's a possibility. Maybe we've tried models of prayer in our quiet times. You know, those different models that we've seen online or encouragements and challenges, or maybe we've tried different methods and none of them have really resonated with our personality. See, we want to believe that God hears our prayers, but sometimes we feel like God doesn't answer them in the way that we want. We kind of use prayer as this magic quick fix, you know. Add this powder to water and you'll get the desires of your life. I was going to say that prayer is as simple as conversation, but I'm not sure that's accurate, actually right either. Because often it comes with so many layers because we struggle even in conversation. We live in this world with the capacity, increasing capacity, to communicate across multiple platforms, across multiple uh, expressions. And yet the, the increase in our ability to communicate has actually decreased our ability to communicate. We get upset easier. We find it harder to enter into a conversation of healthy debate, correction or exploration of ideas, of seeking understanding. We have a high level of expectation where everybody should just agree with the way that I think and if you don't agree with the way that I think, then you can't possibly be human. And we struggle to communicate in a healthy relationship which overlays the relationship that I have with God. So it becomes, if I have a disagreement with Jared, that becomes, rather than actually trying to work out the disagreement or even acknowledging that there is, no, it might not be a resolution or we're going to disagree because philosophically, and then that becomes the view and the lens that I see Jared through, and that actually then becomes the view and the lens with actually I see the way God as well. And that's how I participate in my relationship and my conversation with God. If I have a conversation with Andrea and she strangely disagrees with me, 
or doesn't want to do something that I ask, that suddenly becomes a barrier to the kind of conversation that we can have or me asking the next time or Andrea coming to me the next time because I get so wound up in the issue and the heartbeat or the the struggle behind it that that actually becomes a, a fracture in the relationship. And so that not only can damage the relationship between my wife and myself, but it also fractures and damages the way that I view God because somehow the way that I view God becomes filtered through the way that Andrea's treated me or I feel she's treated me. Or then when our children don't do what we ask them to do, that somehow filters the way that we view God. Does that make you with me? And the real challenge is to take the filters away and be daring enough to enter into the presence of God, believing that God wants to primarily invite us and extends to us and has created within us a desire to be in an eternal and life-giving relationship. Let me highlight another way that we view prayer. If I said we were going to have a meeting tomorrow night to discuss the purchase of land across the road of River Road, that great big vacant block of land full of so many possibilities, if I invited you to come to a meeting, I would guess we would have somewhere to 120 to 150 people all wanting to express their opinions about whether we should or shouldn't buy a block of land. If I said... Instead of that, that we're actually going to gather at 6 o'clock every morning for a week to discern together what God might be saying to us, that would at least halve the audience. And that's probably being generous. I don't say that as a criticism, it's just a reality. That's how we view prayer. We're more interested at times in sharing our own opinion rather than seeking out God and the purposes of God with one another. See, prayer wasn't designed to be overwhelming, legalistic and burdensome or even competitive. Prayer is an invitation to know God's heart and share our hearts with him as we're invited to be in in his presence. Prayer is an invitation to be transformed in relationship with the Father. Prayer is an invitation to be transformed in relationship with the Father. Prayer isn't there that, so that we can pray to God to transform other people. And it's awakening and a stirring of our own hearts. We can certainly pray for other people. We're invited to pray for other people, but primarily it's about stepping into a deep and meaningful relationship where I am transformed with the Father, by the Father. See, God is the beginning of this conversation. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 9, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It's like they're surprised that he's there. We're not told that they actually called out and invited him. Actually, God initiated the conversation. God initiated the opportunity for conversation. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? God initiates it all the time. And we often spend so much time in fractured relationships that instead of pressing into the heart of the God, coming to our Father with our openness and our vulnerability and our brokenness, we hide away. 
Maybe we isolate ourselves because of our hurt, our fear, our shame, our condemnation or our pride. You might have heard of uh, Moses. Moses, of course, you know, leads the people of Israel out, um, uh, parts the Red Sea. But Moses was a wreck. He was a guy who beat up on another guy because an Egyptian was beating up on a Hebrew. Uh, he'd been saved as a baby out of the river, raised by Pharaoh's daughter, uh, and um, then raised in all the ways of the Egyptian ways. But he sees uh, the Egyptian people beating up on someone who he knows to be his own people. He goes and puts that guy to death. He ran away and he hid for some 40 years, being a shepherd, all about training. There's no doubt about that. He was trained, he was resourced, there was some work that was, he needed to be done in his heart. But in the midst of all that, he also he tried to ignore God's call. God came to Moses and said, Moses, I'm sending you. And Moses stood back and said, no, no, you're not sending me. No, I'm sending you, Moses. No, you're nuts. You don't know who I am. Actually, I do know who you are, and that's, because, and that's why I'm sending you. You're nuts, God. I can't speak. I'm not very good with words. All right, I'll provide someone else. I'm still sending you. Moses was a wreck. But listen to this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. I want that kind of relationship with God. I want to be that daring in my prayer. I want to be that daring and that safe in my relationship all at the same time. You might have heard of Daniel. Daniel, of course, is famous because he... Anyone? Lions Den. Yeah. We all know Daniel's, Daniel's spending time in the Lions Den, and that's what we do. We're, we get excited about Daniel and the Lions Den story, but that's only part of the story. The real story is in his daring prayer. Daniel chapter 6, this is 4 to 5. The, the administrators and the satraps, uh, officials if you like, tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. Interestingly, Daniel was one of the administrators. He was one of the officials, given responsibility by the king of the time to lead the country, to influence the king's decisions. But all these other administrators and satraps officials um, gathered around and said, we can't have him. He's not good for our image. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless that has something to do with the law of his God. So the colleagues deceptively approached the king without Daniel. They kind of cut him out of the circle. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors and governors. So all of a sudden there's an extended group of people, a larger group of people, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being uh, during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now my question to this king is why on earth does he not look around the room and go where's Daniel 
And how does Daniel respond? Remember, all they're saying is 30 days. Just do this for 30 days. Listen to what Daniel does. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem, toward the city, public. Three times a day, he get, got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. He doesn't plead his case. He doesn't bemoan the loss of his rights. He doesn't go justify himself. He doesn't whinge about his king who didn't notice that he wasn't there. For all intents and purposes, Daniel could have gone as 30 days. That's all right. 30 days. I can make an exception. Surely God would understand. 30 days. He doesn't complain about the deception. He doesn't, even under, he doesn't even complain about the undermining of his authority. He doesn't gather other people around him to have a pity party. He prays. Just as he had done before. This conversation, this relationship with God was so ingrained in him that there was nothing that was going to knock him off balance. We're not even told what he prayed. There's some great prayers in the Bible and I would reckon if there was ever going to be a great prayer, it would be this one from here. And yet all we're told is that Daniel went, opened up the windows and prayed just as he had done before. In tough times, he didn't back away from the very things he knew that sustained him. Daniel chose the transforming work of God in his character over his comfort. Do we choose comfort over character? I reckon I probably do sometimes, if not most of the time. But I want to suggest today and invite you to consider that daring prayer chooses to participate first in relationship with the Father. It is in committing to his love, into his purposes and his promises, choosing God as the secret place, as Petra has done and demonstrated and witnessed to us today, choosing God in the secret place, choosing God as the secret place, choosing God as the one who feeds and nourishes our spirits regardless of the circumstances. I feel like God's doing a work amongst a lot of people here right now. And I want to encourage you to surrender, submit and trust God. Do not walk away from that. If you need to be on your knees right now, get out into an aisle, be on your knees. Come down the front and be on your knees. If you need to lay flat flat out, then come and do that. But daring people are those who keep trusting God even when life doesn't go according to plan. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard from people. Had a conversation with someone this week. God doesn't work. He didn't come through. My circumstances haven't changed. I've tried. Breaks my heart. 
Do you know the reality? Do you know why Daniel ended up in the lion's den? Because he prayed. Because he kept doing just as he had been doing before. Because he trusted in God more than he trusted a human edict or any other circumstances. Do you know what the real power in this story of Daniel being in the lion's den is that Daniel was faithful despite the circumstances. That's daring prayer. That's daring prayer. If Daniel hadn't prayed, he wouldn't have been in the lion's den. But because he prayed, as he had always done, God revealed his power further. (laughs) If Daniel hadn't gone into the lion's den, the king wouldn't have witnessed the lion's mouths being shut. And we all have those, you remember those nice little images we see of Daniel sitting there, patting the lions like he's there? I don't know if that's right. I don't know. Imagination. Walt Disney imagination. I don't know. Maybe he was. But the king wouldn't have seen that. And that happened not because Daniel was a magician Not because he was a lion tamer or a circus ringmaster. It happened because he prayed. Daniel was prepared to be eaten by the lions. Are you? uh, Daring prayer isn't a magic cure preventing difficult circumstances. And I think... Sometimes that's, you know, look, there's no doubt that prayer can change circumstances. But when it doesn't change circumstances, that's an invitation to go and do as we have always done. Pray. Surrender and submit to trust in God and commit to seeing God's kingdom here on earth in me and in us. Because if you haven't quite grasped this just yet or you're uncertain about this, you actually carry the kingdom of God. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you have declared Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you actually carry the kingdom of God. And if you haven't yet made that declaration, I want you to imagine God walking through the garden that we call life and he's actually calling out your name going, where are you? Come out and have a conversation with me. What's been happening in your world? And I want to invite you and challenge you, don't hide away and cover yourself in shame and in guilt and condemnation. Have the courage to step out and say, God, here I am and I'm a wreck. And know that you become someone who carries the kingdom of God. Daniel's elevated again. He comes back into the uh, king's rule and his praying continues after he comes out of the line. Then he's reinstated to serve the king. But his position doesn't undermine his humility. He hears the word, of, uh, the word from the prophet Jeremiah uh, and Jeremiah is prophesying about the destruction that would come to Jerusalem and then we gain an insight into Daniel's prayer. Have a listen to this for a prayer. Lord the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants. 
I mean, that's, so here's this guy who's above reproach that nobody can find any wrong in, falsely accused, put in the lion's den, and then when he comes out of the lion's den, he doesn't go and hunt down people, he doesn't complain about people, he doesn't moan about the circumstances that he found him through. Guess what he does? He prays. And he prays not only for himself, but he identifies himself with community. We have rebelled. We have sinned. God forgive us. This is not a proud man. This is a faithful man. This is a man who has a daring heart for daring prayer. He starts in humility and he addresses God and he identifies as part of the people and it stirs a battle that we cannot see. If you want to be daring in your prayer, it stirs a battle that you cannot see. Uh, Next chapter, this is a fascinating story. Go and read it, not just for the lion's den part, but go and read it and listen to it and and hear the unfolding story. Uh, The angel comes to Daniel in a vision. Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. To know who you are before your God. Your words were heard and I have come in response to them, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. When we are bold in our daring prayer, it stirs a battle that we might not be able to see. So don't give up. Don't despair. And it might be 21 days, and it might be 210 days, it might be 2010 days, I don't know. But don't despair. Because God has heard. And God is faithful. Paul writes to the Ephesian church and he says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When we pray in situations, when we pray for something in our current circumstances here, there's something way out there that's going to prevent any change happening here. And we have to remain faithful and daring in our prayer, audacious in our prayer, bold in our prayer. Daring prayer seeks the heart of the Father for a community, as part of a community. It is a gift, prayer is a gift, sorry, a gift that is intent to set aside to be with God as much as it is the freedom to walk and talk with a friend moving in between wherever we are going and whatever we are doing. So I wanted to give you some practical, I don't want want to get caught in formulas, I don't want to get caught in models, but maybe you're stuck and you don't know where to go, what does it look like. Maybe you're lost for words. And these are ideas. Put yourself in a quiet place. Start five minutes this week, five minutes every day this week. Be in a quiet place. Ask God for revelation. If you don't get revelation on Monday, try again on Tuesday. If you don't get revelation on Tuesday, try again Wednesday. If you don't get revelation this week, try again next week. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep being in that space. There are some great prayers in scriptures. Use scriptures as a prayer guide. 
the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. It's included in the U version. Daniel's Prayer in chapter 9 is incredibly beautiful. The Psalms, the Psalms are so rich in expression. You know, the Psalms actually pray, God, when are you going to get rid of my enemies? Have you ever prayed, been daring enough to pray like that? Now, now, don't get too carried away too. Because at the end of it, but I will trust in you. Some beautiful prayers in Psalm Daniel's. There is some extraordinary prayers through Kings and Chronicles. The opening of the temple of God, uh, King Solomon prays these extraordinary prayers. There's some great prayers in Scripture that you can use. Some people write their prayers. I've heard of people who pull up a chair or sit across the coffee table, make themselves a, a cup of tea, and they talk as if they're talking to someone who's right there. They, they, hey, Jesus, how are you going? And off they go. I've tried that a few times in my car, like Jesus, try and clear off the passenger seat every now and then, and I don't know where my head goes, but I know Jesus is with me all the time. Um, wanting to declare your struggles, celebrate your blessings, commit your family, ask for wisdom, commit your circumstances. Pray for your colleagues. And when you've prayed for your colleagues, and especially praying for the colleagues who annoy you and frustrate you at the moment, then pray for your own heart towards those frustrating colleagues and see who undergoes the most change. Use everyday expressions as reminders of prayer. Uh, I'll click the button for you. So uh, over the last couple of years, uh, and I, I'm not, I don't do this every day, but uh, I try and do it fairly regularly. So when I put my head on a pillow at night, uh, going to sleep, uh, I use the pillow as a reminder to declare the words of Jesus or that he is my rest. Jesus, I put my head down tonight. I'm seeking a good night's rest, but I know that you are my full rest. In you, I can find my rest. There might be scripture verses around that. Do a word search around rest or peace, and you could pray those for yourself, find those for yourself. Get in the shower or the bath and quote um, Psalm 51.10, Creating me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Refresh me, Father. As something physical is happening, as you put your clothes on for work, use it as a, as a mindset that you're about to go out into the, into the world as someone who carries the kingdom of God. When you come home at night, take a watch off or a piece of jewellery off or change your clothes, it designates that actually that's not my burden to carry now. That's God's burden to carry. I want to be fully attentive here. So, And if we're stuck... And they're just a few. You might have your own ideas. Ask other people what their ideas are. And if we're stuck, don't rush it, but wait. Paul writes to the Romans church, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I love that. Dear God, <clears throat> dear God, help. Dear God, Please, dear God, <coughs> imagine brick wall, head padded. I don't feel like some of you are getting my jokes today. Huh? <laughs> I work hard at it. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance 
with the will of God. Remember that prayer and relationship with God is about the purpose of God. It is about the purpose of God. Daring prayer is the pursuit and the participation of relationship with our Father. There is mystery in prayer. There is mystery in daring prayer. If we knew all the answers and all the ways and all the whys, guess who that would make us? It would make us God, would it not? So the real challenge in prayer is to be content and humble in the knowledge of who we are in Christ and let God be God. Yeah? Now I know some of you are sitting here going, yes, Simon, but I need work and I need financial help and I need, I need help in my marriage and I need help with my children and I need help in my work. Yes, do not give up. Keep seeking out the heart of the Father because he is working out his will and his purposes. And in his season and his time, he'll reveal those to us. But we don't know them when we give up on him. We don't know them when we give up on him. Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer, daring prayer, shifts our hearts shifts our mindset and shifts our attitudes for new life. Daring prayer seeks out the heart of the Father, the will of the Father. Being in a relationship and knowing him in a relationship that transforms me, that will transform us, that transforms our community in the name of Jesus. See, God is interested in the small details of our lives. Let's not be under any illusion here. I believe God is interested in the smallest details. And I know this is a really big picture of prayer. There's, we could do a whole year on prayer. But I believe his greatest joy is when his creation is fully alive in praying and wanting to see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And if we're about pursuing the kingdom of God here on earth, as it is in heaven. If we're dedicated and committed to praying daring prayer that says, God, your kingdom come here on earth, I'm pretty sure God will take care of the small details along the way. Cultivating a life of daring prayer goes hand in hand with trusting God's will, believing he is who he said he is and that he wants to pour out every blessing from his heavenly realms. So this isn't about creating pressure. This isn't about getting you to choose a formula. How can I participate in daring prayer this week? What's one decision I might want to make? To make or one decision I need to reset or one decision that I made a long time ago and I've forgotten about that God's reminding me of today? If the team wants to make their way up, thanks. Maybe it's a reminder again that you want to be a follower of Jesus and you haven't made that decision. Maybe you want to make that decision because you want to trust that God is reaching out and walking amongst you and saying, 
Where are you? And you want to say, God, here I am today. Date the card, put it in a book, put it in a Bible so that you know it and remind it. If you make a decision today that you want to be aligned with God, if you want to make a decision today that you're not walking away from God anymore, I want to invite you to step forward as we sing this song and make that declaration. If you need someone to pray a daring prayer with you or on on your behalf, then step forward and we can gather people around you to, to pray for you and release new things and know that you're not in the battle on your own. Daring prayer is a, is a gift into a deeper relationship. To know that whatever troubles we might find ourselves in, God is at work and God is revealing his purposes. Prayer is mysterious and it's wonderful and it's an incredible invitation to trust in Jesus.